Hi there, I hope you are staying safe. I cannot believe that till this point, October 2020, we are still using the phrase stay safe in Nigeria. We started using stay safe sometime in January, February. Yes, when, um, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic erupted. Now we're still saying stay safe to avoid bullets. And of course, because of all the vandalization and all the um, thuggery, hooliganism going on in Nigeria currently, a lot has been happening in Nigeria over the past couple of weeks a lot has happened and i feel like the only way that i can lend my voice to all of the injustice that has been happening is via of course my podcast that's like the only way the only method i know i'm sorry oh my god i forgot to welcome you to another episode of the world of really podcast <laughs> my name is winifred and Joaquini. i feel like i have been so much i don't know a lot has been happening like i said um I haven't been in the best state of mind. I can imagine how other Nigerians have been feeling um, for weeks now, especially um, because of the events that unfolded um, a few days ago. Okay, I feel like I need to take a breather now. I just want to talk about the NSARS protest, of course. What SARS is, how SARS, um, why people are protesting against SARS, why Nigerians are protesting to put an end to SARS, to put an end to police brutality, to put an end to injustice. We want accountability. We want a lot of things. I'm just going to... Okay, this is hard. I'm just going to let everyone know via this podcast. So yes, for my listeners outside the country, SARS is not... It's not a virus, yes, it's not a virus you think. SARS in Nigeria actually means Special Anti-Robbery Squad. So SARS, SARS, is an acronym for Special Anti-Robbery Squad. It's a unit of the Nigerian police, um, which was formed in 1992, just to combat armed robbery and other serious crimes. But SARS has been involved in many cases of harassments, unlawful arrests, detention, sexual harassment and extrajudicial killings and um, of course without any form of justice that's that's why we're protesting because there hasn't been any form of justice whatsoever now there has been a lot of clamoring by nigerians to put an end to SARS and police brutality because a lot of lives have been lost to what they call trigger happy policemen over the years but the actual hashtag NSARS protest was triggered by a viral video showing SARS officers killing a young man in Delta State. The fact that authorities denied this video and then the man who filmed the video was arrested provoked even more anger. So of course it was this anger and then this frustration that led to the enough is enough NSARS protests now the peaceful protests of course the protests were peaceful from the very beginning and the protests are still very peaceful the protests kept growing in size spreading to nearly all parts of the country and of course outside the shores of the country because we have nigerian brothers and sisters outside the country and then they could feel our pain they could relate to everything we were protesting for and then they joined in the protests on october 11 2020 the government dissolved sars and another unit was formed called SWAT. 
Plus Special Weapon Tactical Team. Now you may ask, okay, since SARS was dissolved and another team was formed, why did the protests go on? It may interest you to know that SARS was, I'm going to use the term they used, overhauled, overhauled <laughs> by the acting, the then um, acting president, Professor Yemi Osimbanjo, on August 14, 2018, after the NSAS protest trended on Twitter back then, and it was renamed Federal Special Anti-Robbery Squad, FSAS, on 21st of January, 2019, SARS was decentralized, yes, by the Inspector General of Police, Mohamed Adamu, meaning that an order had been given for all state commissioners of police to be held accountable for the actions of SARS. Let me explain what decentralization means. Decentralization means, okay, everything doesn't have to operate on the federal level. State commissioners of police, state governors, state rulers, basically, the state government should be held accountable for the actions of a particular team, in this case, SARS. So that's what decentralization means. So it doesn't mean, okay, it doesn't mean that everything has to operate on the federal level. It doesn't mean that all the um, punishments, penalties, everything should come from the federal level. The states, governors, state leaders can execute a punishment or can carry out um, an execution of, of um, a penalty to any SARS official, any SARS operative that goes against the law. That's what decentralization in this term means. So let's dig deep into this flashback. On August 2018, or in August 2018 rather, the acting president Yemi Oshibanjo announced that SARS had been overhauled. That's the exact terminology they used. And he directed the Inspector General of Police to ensure that any units that would emerge from the process should be intelligence driven, should stick to only stopping of armed robbery, kidnapping, and nothing more. After SARS was decentralized, the IGP ordered all SARS operatives to wear uniforms with identification tags and should no longer stop and search. Now remember, in 2017, the former Inspector General of Police, Ibrahim Idris, put a ban on all unnecessary stop and search and that every officer on duty must put on their uniform and name tags. So all of this had happened from 2018 till now, but nothing had been implemented. The government had said, but they have not implemented. The NSAS protests went on October 2020. It went on in October because apparently we have heard all this before. We've heard all of this before. They've used different terminologies. They said overhauled, they said disbanded, they said decentralized. Now they said dissolved in on October 11, 2020. Nothing had been implemented. So now that you know why the protests um, continued after the announcement on October 11, 2020, you'd want to know 
what do these youths what do these nigerian youths really want nigerian youths are calling for an end to police brutality an end to police harassment especially sars harassment an end to maimings killings it doesn't matter what name they give it if they change it from sars to swat to shamelessness we don't want to know what name they give it we don't want to know what what term they classify it we want an end not overhaul not disband not dissolve not decentralized we want an end now while the protests um continued or, or during the course of the protests the the nigerian youths put forward some demands and it was titled five for five demands the first one is immediate release of all protesters the second is justice for all deceased victims of police brutality and appropriate compensation for their families of course you can never compensate life but we just want to see that the government is doing something you know to kind of like um help let me use the word help those who are um who were deceased who are deceased all deceased victims and then the third one is setting up an independent body to oversee the investigation and prosecution of all reports of police misconduct within 10 days the fourth is psychological evaluation and retraining before they can be redeployed and the last one is increased police salary of course you do not empower someone who is hungry you do not give someone who is hungry a gun or a weapon because they're going to use it to get what they want um, by however means they deem fit the nigerian youths want a total reform of the police force of course first is stop sars end it not disband not dissolve not all the words they have been using end it totally and then we want a reform of the police force. We don't want stop and search. One, no more stop and search. We don't want name tag. We want them rather to have their name tags. We want an identification tag on all of their uniforms. No confiscation of phones, no searching of phones, no arrests without informing the offenders next of kin or offenders someone must be informed when you arrest someone without allowing the person make a phone call that arrest is a clear case of kidnap that's what we are saying all uniformed men are to make use of their guns only for self-defense no pointing a gun at an unarmed person no shooting at a crowd in worst cases only shoots at confirmed criminals confirmed criminals criminal people that have been confirmed by the nigerian court of law as criminals that's what we are saying don't carry a gun and shoot anybody unless that person has been confirmed to be a criminal not a suspect don't shoot at a suspect don't shoot at someone who is unarmed do not shoot at someone who is running for their lives only frsc LASMA, VIO, ETC are allowed to check vehicle documents. No ordinary police officer should stop you on the road and ask you for your vehicle documents. No one is above the law. So all officers that have been killed, or all officers that have killed rather, that have maimed, that have harassed ETC must be punished according to the law. Not investigated, not suspended, not looked into, punished according to the law. If truly no one is above the law 
there must be consequences for all actions accountability that is what we're seeing you would not believe that since we started this protest till now nobody has been brought to book even after nigerians have provided all evidences needed all thanks to social media our smartphones the fact that we can make videos etc nobody has been brought to book that is why these protests continued now since we have been making this our demands we've been putting our demands forth we've been ensuring that the government is aware of what we are asking for a certain group of people have not been well they can't just relate to this they can't relate to it they they just feel like we should stop we're making noise we're disturbing and then i i kind of did a little research and i found out that most of these people who cannot relate to our demands who cannot relate to our guts who cannot relate to you know speaking up for ourselves who cannot relate to the fact that we are fighting relentlessly out of the older generation and there are a few reasons why i feel they cannot relate first of all their generation sees submissiveness you know being quiet even to the point of being cheated on and violation of human rights as a virtue you know when you are quiet they feel like you're humble if you speak up they feel like you're a bully or you are no, not bully they feel like you're rebellious yes that's the word if you say oh i don't like this i don't like like how i'm being treated i feel like i should be treated better they feel you're rebellious if you feel like oh i can't i can't do this i don't think i want to do this our parents will say we're rebellious they'll say we are disrespectful but when we're quiet even though in our hearts we hate we detest the way we're being treated but as long as we are quiet and we are submissive that's being humble that's what the older generations that's how the older generations were trained and that's the kind of training they tried to pass on to us but of course our generation is not like that now the only careers their generation know or knew are doctors lawyers engineers teacher nurse etc they do not understand what it means to be a social media analyst a forex forex trader a digital marketer a social media influencer and and so many other online jobs that we have created now because of this they see all cyber involvement as crime right whereas there are legitimate hustles i saw a, a post on facebook this post was actually from someone close to me an auntie not not like auntie like related but of course um she's an elderly woman so i just call her an aunt an auntie my auntie right i saw the post and she was like you people are saying answers look at the people that are protesting they are all criminals because of the way they dress because of maybe their dreads their tattoos that's another problem we have in this country profiling our elders are used to profiling there's a certain way everyone should dress every in quote responsible human every responsible citizen should look every responsible citizen should be on low court for a guy for a lady plain black hair or brown hair or light brown hair anybody on red hair green hair is a cultist or is a criminal or is you know something bad they profile a lot that is another problem we have with SARS they see you maybe you're with an iPhone or just basically because of your lifestyle and they profile you already now our older generation see all cyber involvement as crime right people make money through their smartphones 
but then the older the older generation because there were no smartphones then they couldn't relate to it so everyone who makes money off their smartphone is termed a criminal now this our generation right our slogan is hustle everybody is hustling everybody is hustling so even those who studied medicine law and all those professional courses still sell perfume oils they sell plain t-shirts they have other online businesses because the country is not working right if it was the older generation for instance okay if you studied law you have to be a lawyer if you studied medicine you have to be a doctor or or in in um, or a medical a professional if you study whatever it is you study if you studied mass communication you have to be a journalist you have to be a tv presenter you have to be a radio host it just has to be that way but in this our generation we understand that the country would not help you so even those who studied law who have a law degree who studied medicine who have a bsc in mass communication a bsc in engineering for instance or um, i said bsc no not bsc but then who have a, a degree in all these professional courses still do online businesses just to hustle because we do not depend on our parents in this generation so i feel like all these things are reasons why the older generation cannot relate to to our guts to our boldness to our demands to everything that's happening the only ones who can relate are maybe those who have been directly affected by sars whose kids have been maybe killed because they don't understand harassment. I saw a post on Facebook, a young boy was saying, he was narrating his story of how Sars harassed him. And then of course, what I like to do is to read comments. And I went down to the comments and I saw a lot of people saying, they can't they can't just arrest you like that. You must have done something. That's the mentality that our parents have. They feel like, oh, you must have done something. You must have been, you're not telling the whole truth. They don't understand what is happening. It is only when it happens to their own kid and then maybe their own kid was maybe heavily extorted that they know that they understand that they that they can relate to everything we've been clamoring for there are a lot of people in fact 90 percent of nigerian youths have been extorted have been harassed have been brutalized by these so-called sars officials of course, they've been renamed SWAT now, but let's call them SWAT because they're all the same thing. They're all just a change of name. They're all the same thing. They've been brutalized by these SWAT officials, and most of them are willing to share their stories. So I'm going to open the phone lines now, um, just to allow people to call in. I'm going to open the WhatsApp lines just to allow people to send their messages, you know, to let us know, to tell the world what we mean by SARS brutality. Um, I'll go on a quick break now and when we come back it's straight into stories from people who are willing to share their SARS brutality experience um, we're going to go on a quick break when we come back you know what we're going to do thank you for listening thus far we'll be right back Johnny just dropped, now person shoot them down Johnny where they innocent, Johnny where they knew in town They kill him for just, for no just cause Nobody free come up for house, they no born us Johnny no get privilege, but Johnny want more 
he won't go study Johnny say he won't be doctor If family died for the same flaws Same flaws when blood pop Why we no fee be one bros? Why you wasting all the blood for? She not really join, I be culture I be politician with a sponsor What's me the thing with the cost work? Why you no stop to the drop blood? Why do you need it to swing it the machete? What's the point of the gunshot? Pause! Johnny just drop uh, Johnny just drop For no just cause uh, go. Uh, Johnny come, Johnny go Johnny just completing youth service Passing out tomorrow so the guys them do party For the place, but the boys them they meet usually One or two drinks to relax, nobody say them too shack Time don't go, night don't show, make a Congo house Who stand for a road, make a horn, no, nine four four shout Packed yet, yeah. where your particulars and where? Do you think that you are going like this, new or ye, Eropele my bed, never saw a Jew in my tent When I don't run, you go chop life, boy I give me my shit Before they talk one, they say shut up Small boy, who that you leave? Talk more, I go cut gun Small time, you don't pull trigger Ah, don't kill him Gonna have a short, short Okay, we're back That was um, Johnny by Faust of the album moral instruction which was released in 2019 yes so like i said we're going to be opening the phone lines now the phone lines are actually open so um a lot of callers will be calling in to share their sars and police brutality stories just like i said i have tons of people who have said they are willing to share their stories so the phone lines are open now and people will be calling the um, whatsapp lines are also open so it means that i'll also be getting one or two messages but i'll try to make it as um as brief as possible so that we can go on to other segments of this podcast yeah so apparently we have a caller now hello 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 Yes, good evening. Good evening. May I know your name, please? Uh, my, I think I would rather prefer to be anonymous. Okay, that's fine. Yes, yeah, so please go on and tell us your SARS slash police brutality story. Hmm, okay, where do I start? Okay, yes. Um, sometime last year, March to be precise. Okay. I had an encounter. I had an encounter with this so-called unit of the police called SAS. I was on my way to the island, Lagos Island, from Yaba. I boarded the bus from Unilab to Yaba, and I was about boarding another one to Lagos Island, and I was stopped. I was a friend, though, so I was stopped, and the next thing. May we know you? Can we know you? Blah, blah, blah. We both showed them our ID cards. We're students of the University of Lagos and we headed to CAC to register a business which we had in mind and everything. And within less than a minute, enter boss, enter boss. You must enter boss. Mm. My, friend, my, my friend is this kind of upright person and he wanted to fight for his right and he was all shouting and and he was slapped and we both entered the bus 
So while we're in the bus, they started interrogating us and kept on asking stupid questions. The driver of the bus decided to move. So apparently we were the driver taking of the around. SARS bus. Yes, driver of the SARS bus decided to drive. Apparently they were close to how many? How many? I think nine policemen or nine so-called SARS officers in the bus. Only one of them was with a police uniform. Mm. The remain that looked like hardened criminals claiming to be police and SAS officials because they all dressed like thugs and, and all. So while we're in the bus, started interrogating, where are you coming from? Where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. So they interrogated my friend and they asked him a lot of questions. He kept on answering. And when, it's, when it was my turn, I had to answer to. So the first question I was asked was where I was from. And I said I was from Delta State, Agbo. And one of them said, ah, Nademo, Agbo people, not trust them, criminals. This is. Mm-hmm. So the sad part was that one of them was actually from my place. So he was like, oh, you, you're not Agbo boy. Then he, he spoke our dialect. I replied. Then the remaining policemen or the remaining so-called SAS officials retaliated and they were like, guy, no bring language, come here, you decrease, you want to business for us. Business. Yes, that was, that, that, that was, the, that was the word they used. Okay. Was business for us. And I was like, okay. So we kept mute and my friend was just there. This is of the law, this is blah, blah, blah. And same thing with me, I was shouting. One of them cocked the gun and was like, see, you guys are criminals. You're looking so fresh to be students. This, that, this, that. Why would you even go and register a business when you're just students? And wow, okay. So we kept on moving around Lagos. We got to um, Oyibo and they told my friend to drop off. Their reason was that, oh, okay, yes, my friend is like an albino, so... They were like, oh, this one Abino, you know, Sabi Yahoo Yahoo. So they told him to drop off. They pushed him out of the bus, actually. Wow. Plus, he was using an Android phone and I was using an iPhone 6. So in their mind, they said, ah, this one iPhone 6, he's using a big boy now. So, the, so my friend dropped off at Ongibo and they kept on driving. So they said they were, take, they were, going, they were going to take me to Alagbon. I didn't know where Alagbon was then. But later I heard a lagbon was somewhere at Tikoi, the police station at Tikoi. So in my mind, I was like, okay, let's go to the police station now. If because I'm clean and I don't even know what you guys are talking about. And they kept on interrogating me. You know, go talk, guy. You know, go talk. You will be criminal. I'm like, ah, who's criminal? You guys check my phone. You didn't see anything. I'm a student. I've shown you my ID card. This is my ID card, by the way. This is my ATM. This is my wallet, which contains all my. Um, identification and collected my phones. I had a small phone and an iPhone 6 then. So, I, you know, I, so I, I believe we were going to Alagbon because Alagbon is supposed to be on the island. And I just noticed that we were just driving from from Oyibo, Ujueleba. Like I was just seeing places on the island. We even went as far as Okota. Oh wow! Stack. 
So somewhere around a quarter, one of them was like, could you see that guy, see that guy there? Be like, yeah, oh boy, we'll stop him. And that was how they stopped the boss and dragged that guy in. He told them he was an artist, the painter. They slapped him, they beat him, the boss. So after 10 minutes, I was coughed with this guy. Like they coughed my hand, my wrist oh with this my guy. God. My 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 fingers were actually swelling because the cough was so tight. I don't I don't wish this thing for anybody. Like this is like the worst thing that can happen to anybody. Being coughed because blood will not even flow in your hands. So I was there with this guy. They were beating this guy. So they said they looked at me and said, You you be potty, but you're not gonna talk, Seth, you be your boy. This, this, this. And we kept on driving around Lagos. Like, it was as if we were going around circles. They stopped another guy. He was his girlfriend. And they dragged the both of them inside. Oh, okay. Like, with force, they dragged the boyfriend and the girlfriend inside. So apparently, he, the girl wasn't his girlfriend, it was his elder sister. They interrogated the both of them inside the bus and threw them out of the bus at some point. Then, while we were still going around, they stopped another guy. Apparently that guy was, I think a forex trader, or oh. cryptocurrency guy though. So he sees this phone and he kept on saying things about cryptocurrency and forex, and they were like, "This guy is a young boy. It's this, it's that, it's that." And this this guy didn't want to enter, enter the bus. He was shouting, he was bragging. They bonded him up and took him inside the bus. They beating him in the bus, slapping him. But he was very, very adamant. He was like, you guys, you beat me. You kill me here. But I'm not here. But they kept on beating him. And he was so adamant that he kill me. I'm a crypto trader. I'm just a... But they didn't care. They were beating him. Back to me, though. They were like, I should confess. I'm like, confess what? I'm a student. I'm a student. University of Lagos. I've shown you my ID card and everything. They kept on saying I should confess. So, they searched my phone. I don't know how they said it. Then they searched my WhatsApp and they saw a text message. And the text message was from cousin of mine that sent a text sometime in December, the previous year, that was 2018. And we and saying, he was, was asking me a question how he would um, cash out a check issued to him and I told him to use his Nigerian passport or something or any form of identification so the fact that he saw check they were like ah this guy this guy they load check a big boy get money die oh boy and I'm sick check Nigerian check somebody was while I was trying to explain they slapped me I kept quiet and they kept on saying I should confess if not they will kill me here nothing will happen I said I don't know what you guys are talking about Mm. Eventually, like I said, my phone was still with them. I received an alert of two hundred fifty thousand naira that day, like right in front of them, where my phone was with them. Oh. Now the sad part was that this money was from this whole contribution thing, locally called Ajo. Okay. So I received mine that day, and voila! Ah, two fifty k don't enter this boy account. Oh, a big boy. And they turned to me and said, where did this money come from? You're a student. How will a student get 250,000? Next thing, the, the so-called leader, I think his name was Scorpion. They called him Scorpion. Scorpion. Yes. Mm. Scorpion. 
next thing he said was your money now 1 million naira and i'm like which one was what do you mean by that okay the 1 million naira and i tried to explain like i i i lost breath i couldn't even think again i started crying like i tears were dropping out of my eyes and i told this guy okay 250k make i give you now 10,000 naira make i give you go the moment i said 10,000 before i before the 10,000 landed two slaps on my fist i just kept quiet throughout i didn't see shit eventually long story short y'all they dropped me off somewhere around trade fair from yaba or trade fair like the greenhouse of lagos already trade fair and they told me to one of them took me to an atm oh and i had to be dropped Hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, oh no! Left me off there, and they gave me back my phone, my wristwatch, my ID. Hello. Okay. Ah, uh, it appears we lost that call. I really do hope you call back, though. That's a really sad experience. That's a really, really sad experience. I hope you call back. I really hope you call. Yes, please call back if you can. It appears we have another caller. Hello. Hey, hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Yes, I, my name is Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Can you share your SARS um, police brutality experience, please? Okay, yes. Yeah, so, um, it happened a while back. I'm looking at like six months back on my way back from school and the officers at Yaba Bostop because I school in Unilag at Yaba Bostop the um okay I was about boarding a bus and just before I got to you know the bus park I felt an arm wrapped around my wrist and dragging me towards you know the road and I'm like who is this who is this and as I turned you know to check who it was holding me i saw that it was actually a police officer and the guy was like enter police and i'm like enter where it was then i noticed the van that just you know parked by the roadside and he carried me like literally lifted me from the ground and threw me into the bus wow. and that was how it started yeah okay. and so inside inside the bus yeah the um the officers started removing like the things on my body, my wristband, like because I wear bracelets a lot. So um, they pulled out the bracelet from my wrist. I had my earpiece on. They removed that as well, and they were removing my glasses too because I use recommended glasses. Until so I stopped them, and I'm like, the glasses is recommended, so they left it. Then they started asking me questions. The person driving the bus was also a police officer so he was just driving and then you know the rest were questioning me they were questioning me and uh they asked me a couple of questions my name my full name where i'm coming from where i live you know stuff like that and with each question i kept on answering them i kept on answering them and then when they asked to search my phone they asked for my phone not really asked because like the person that checked it just really grabbed it from me and when he saw that it was locked he now asked me to unlock it so that was when i unlocked it 
He checked my gallery, my phone gallery, my email, you know. And as he was scrolling through, they were asking me questions like where I live, what I do for a living. And I told them, okay, I have, I'm a student and I was coming from my aunt's place. So, and they were like, where do you live? I told them where I live. And then they said, okay, is that not so far from here? Like, why why do you live that far? And I'm like, I'm a student at Unilag. You don't expect me to, you know, how do I want to do it? Mm-hmm. Well, they shall, after then, then they saw, as they were going through my phone, one of the officers in the bus that was, you know, just watching as everything was unfolding. I was literally terrified because then I literally didn't know what was going to happen next and stuff like that because we were already driving out of the vicinity I was very familiar with. We're living near a bus stop and, you know, from there we can literally get to anywhere. So, well, the one of the officers spotted another guy outside the van and they, the, the guy just shouted, market, market. Market. And yes, he called he called the guy market. And he was like, see market, see market. And then the rest of them just turned their faces to the guy that was passing. And then the boss door flung open. I don't even know who opened it or how it's opened, but it flung open. And then they grabbed the guy, just really grabbed me. And even the guy even, you know, resisted more than I did. I don't know why, but he, he obviously he might not have been to, been into you know anything shady like that. Yeah. He carried a laptop bag, which was I think was worse because the bag I carried on didn't have a laptop. I just had my phone on me, so he carried a laptop bag, and I I knew there was a laptop in the bag. So they dragged him. He resisted, but after a while, they overpowered him because there were like three guys on him alone. And so they, you know, threw him into the bus and just kicked me out and oh. told me to go. Yeah. Wow. And that was how I escaped. I escaped what, what would be, you know, my very memorable SARS experience. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this experience with us. Thank you so it's much. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so we've had so many people with um, experiences like this and the phone lines are still open the phone lines are still open you can still call in and share your experiences hello good evening okay please tell us your name if you want to remain anonymous it's fine yeah my name is Sheung Olawale okay hi Sheung please go ahead and share your SAS um, or police brutality story Okay. Uh, uh, I okay. I drove down to the office one morning to drop off the documents. Then while coming back, I decided to pass a different route. And I was with my friend in the car. So uh, while driving, some police officers just drove past me to my front. So I had to swerve to the other side of the road and park. Then they dragged me down from the car. One of them used their gun to hit my head because I was trying to ask them what, why did they stop me? Mm-hmm. I was, I was being aggressive kind of because I didn't understand why they just drove to the front of the car and stopped me. So one used their gun to hit my head, then pushed me into their bus. Then he told my friend they were thinking the car was mine, whereas the car was for my friend's mom. 
So he told my friend to enter the car and drive, and he should drive to their station. Then they took me into another bus and also drove down to the station. And the day before then, I watched the video about this same SARS people harassing somebody and eventually shooting the person. So when they were taking us to their station, it looked like one very rural area. And I started, I got scared kind of. So eventually, we got to, the, I didn't know that their station was around that place. So we got to their station, then we parked the car, then I searched the car thinking we had something in the car. We didn't see anything in the car. They were trying to look for excuses to pin on us so that they were able to extort us. But eventually, they didn't see anything. But there was a lady sitting at the back of the car with us. They didn't see her. The car was the back of the car was tinted. So it was only me and my friend they saw in the front. So while we were arguing with them and talking with them, she was videoing everything that was happening from when they picked us up till we got to their station. So I think one of them found out. Then he snatched the phone from her. Then he got very aggressive. It will go aggressive with them that why are they harassing the girl and stuff. So they took all of us to the station then locked us up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So later on, like after a while, they now came to talk to us. They were just trying shouting, making noise and stuff then. They now released me and my friend and left the girl. Because our phone was with them. They were like they were telling us that this thing that we are doing could implicate them and they could lose their job. Could I was not like them. Yeah. I was not like, okay, you lose your job, you are doing the wrong thing. And you are blaming us for it. So later on, they released me and my friend and left the girl, knowing fully well that it's not possible for us to leave the girl here in the station. She's a very good friend. So they left us. Then we, were now, we couldn't leave her, so we, we, were, we stayed around. Then they left again. They left. Before they released us, we were in the station for like hours. So they released me and left the girl. They now kept the girl amongst some men like they took put her in another cell they put among her in men. a cell yeah with like seven guys different guys that have been convicted of different crimes it was i was just so worried because of what they did so and they left they now went to bring another set of people that okay those ones had serious issues to settle some but they caught one with some bags of weed and stuff so those ones had issues to settle go when they came back, okay, we know how the system works in Nigeria. We know, I already know that okay, these people want to they want to collect something from us. So the letter came to us eventually and told us, okay, if we want to get our friends out, we must pay a particular amount of money. Okay, we, we agreed. We said, okay, no problem. If we asked how much, they said we should bring 50,000 naira. And we were not surprised. Ah, 50,000 naira for something that you didn't, didn't do anything wrong. Anything. We didn't commit any offense, we didn't do anything wrong. So we tried negotiating with them that okay, we are just young guys. We don't really have much. We told them we could raise up twenty five thousand. They argued that deal, they left again, they said they can't collect it. Later on they came back, we nasty begged them that and this was already in the evening, like five. We begged them and we didn't want to call the parents of this girl because our, our sister already knew about it. She was already worried. Our sister was already coming down to the station. So we were just trying to settle it. Straight on, they agreed to pay the 25000 So we wanted to transfer the money. They said no, that they don't want to transfer. That we should go to the ATM and withdraw the money and bring the cash to them. So 
me and my friend just gathered the money and between ourselves and we went to the meeting and we drew the money. We gave them the cash then they deleted the videos from the lady's phone. Wow. They deleted they cleared them, they made sure they were clean from the whole thing, then they let us go. So it's just been a real rough time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And they said they did not want to transfer. Nah, nah, because they don't want because I, it was traceable. Yeah, yeah, it's possible for it for us to trace it back to them. So we don't want that. So I think it's one of those things that happen. Uh, oh, I'm really sorry yeah, about yes. this. I'm really sorry to hear about this. Thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Have a great time. Yeah. Okay, yet another sad story of harassment extortion police brutality sars especially sars brutality okay so the phone lines are still very much open i'm just going to quickly check our whatsapp messages this one says my experience was horrible i would rather not share please (laughs) but if you're discussing way forward we can have that convo Thank you so much for this. I understand why you would like to share, why you would not like to share this. Experiences can be really traumatic. And yes, I think I'm going to have to close the phone lines now because um, we're running out of time and we have other segments to continue with. We're going to go on a really quick music break now. And when we come back, we'll be talking about um what the protests how the protests degenerated into violence and the government's golden silence um so far yo lo 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 oh no 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 oh no 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 Them bim parao, angry mob them kill barao. Back in Abao, bunny the body them too. I'm like Namao, them conking or go. Wipe am two by two in Jackpot, four four kutao. Olokba don't show, everybody don't kawao. Calling Mamao, Olokba don't show, everybody don't Jackpot. This country now. Yo lo 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 This country now Ye le 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 This country now Yo lo 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 This country now Ye le 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 Oh welcome back um I had to put myself in the shoes of these people and I tried to just relate to their pain and I nearly teared up. I nearly teared up. I felt so bad. And the fact that nobody's doing anything about it. It's, it's really bad. It's really bad. Indeed, this country now, this country now, that's, that's like the only thing I can say. This, this country now, my own brother um, has also been a victim of SARS brutality. Um, and the funny thing is that all their stories are like similar they just see you on the road they stop you they, they shove you into their van they start asking your necessary questions they ask for your phone they go through your email that's exactly what they did 
to to my brother it was um it was so sad when he told me because i felt okay well if they want to profile you know what they say you look like a yellow boy i just don't look like a criminal this one looks like a you know but my brother doesn't look like a criminal my brother is so decent looking you know very decent looking with his um with his small stature you know with his knapsack you know just i I don't know i don't know when he told me the experience that day i nearly cried i was like okay okay so he they checked his bank of course they checked his account balance and there was no money in it because my brother doesn't have any money and they just let him go now imagine if i had sent him some money at that time you know just for his upkeep and they just took all his money nigerians who do not even have money who are struggling to make ends meet struggling to feed struggling to survive are still harassed extorted by the people who are even supposed to protect us from armed robbery the whole case is just sickening very sickening let's just go straight um into let's continue with the entire protest so yes the entire protest degenerated into violence after a group of thugs a group of thugs harassed or um, caused havoc in the protest in Alausa Ekeja. That was the first that was the first record of violence that I remember. I'm not sure which one happened first, either the one at Abuja or the one in Alausa. Okay, I think the one at Abuja happened the day before. Yes, the one at Abuja happened. A group of thugs just came and started attacking the protesters. That was when it started being violent. And then the next day it was at Alausa. Now the one is Alausa, um, which is quite close to us, Alausa Ikeja in Lagos, happened as well. Of course, people were protesting peacefully, carrying their placards, some with the national flag, you know, just saying NSAS, NSAS, NSAS. And then a group of young boys who came reportedly in a BRT bus. A BRT bus is a government-owned bus in the Lagos in Lagos state right they came down they came in a BRT bus according to what we heard and from the videos we saw it seemed as though they were coming of course from the BRT bus let's, okay let's not say they came let's let's say they came on their own right they came and they decided attacking these protesters that's not the two things there are two things that shocked me in this story the first thing is that reports say they came in a BRT bus the second thing is that they were attacking these protesters and the police the Nigerian police were just across the scene watching and folding their arms now in Surulere the day before policemen were reportedly shooting to scare protesters they were shooting live bullets live bullets they were not shooting um they were not shooting rubber bullets or or spraying tear gas live bullets and then i heard that one person had died another person was a police officer that's the day before now in alausa ikeja the next day the nigerian police stayed just across the scene watching as thugs attacked these innocent and peaceful protesters in matchets, cutlasses, um, hoes, the rest of them, just very crazy, you know, really crazy tools. 
So that leaves me with a question. Shouldn't the Nigerian police be protecting well-meaning individuals? I mean, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. After this, there were also reports of thugs attacking um, protesters, like attacking their cars. I saw a video of a lot of cars being burnt down. You know, protesters are just attacking, basically. Now, we saw another video of thugs attacking um thugs attacking the police i saw a video of thugs beating up a police officer i really do not know why now thugs hijacked the process the protest right whoever empowered these thugs we do not know but we saw videos of these thugs that had come to hijack the process and the protest coming into or getting into a vehicle owned by big men let me call them political elites owned by big men you know we, we saw one i saw one personally a man in suits who was driving the vehicle a range rover or a land cruiser or a prado jeep i don't know what make the jeep was a black jeep calling these thugs these thugs who came in cutlasses and 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 machetes and and knives and everything went to and then they entered these vehicles. I'm trying not to get personal with this because when I saw it, I, I was pissed. It then showed that these thugs were empowered by forces beyond our control. <laughs> it's not just the fact that thugs kept attacking protesters, hijacking the protests. You know, we saw a lot of a lot of um, a lot of violence in the country people hiding under the umbrella of NSAS protesters claiming to be NSAS protesters attacking you know individuals and then the real NSAS protesters never engaged in any form of violence from the very first day of this protest the real NSAS protesters never engaged in any form of violence till date during this protest now it's not just the thugs, it's the fact that the government was silent all through this period. The government was silent, there was nothing coming from the government. I don't know, maybe they thought their silence was golden, but there was nothing coming from the government. The, the governor of Lagos State, it took him a really long time before he addressed the situation. And then when he addressed the situation, he said that the protesters should not protest, that everything is getting tensed up, that they should not protest for now, you know, and all of that. And then when Lagosians are like, no, you haven't said anything. And the first thing you're saying is that Lagosians should not protest. And then he came and he joined the protest and he kept on appealing, you know, always appealing. You know how the Lagos state government is always in shock. It's always, his heart always goes out. My heart goes out to those who have lost their lives and properties. My heart goes out to those. His heart always goes out to people. And then that's all he did. The federal government still did not say anything on this protest. I don't know if they felt like it was wise not to talk but then there was nothing from the government so this made a lot of nigerians really troubled there's unrest in the country and the government is not saying anything so nearly every protest ground every protest gathering nearly all protest gathering was um nearly nearly all protest gatherings rather were attacked and hijacked by these protesters 
But then there was one particular place that had not recorded any form of violence until October 20, 2020. Now, this was the Lekki Tollgate, the place where people just come, you know, sing songs, hold the national flag, sing the national anthem, and protest peacefully until 20th of October 2020. I'm going to go on a very quick music break, and when I come back, I'll be letting you know what happened on October 20, 2020. October 20, 2020, the Nigerian Armed Forces opened fire on peaceful protesters at the Lekki toll gates. <sighs> okay, yeah, the breath. We saw all the events unfold live on Instagram. Earlier that day, there were reports that the CCTV camera, um, the CCTV cameras at the Lekki toll gate were taken down. I saw the reports on Twitter. You know, the, I cannot remember the person who tweeted it, but the person was like, "They have removed the CCTV cameras. Please let's be at a lot." Well, it got dark, and then armed forces, Nigerian armed forces dressed in the um, army um, camouflage approached these peaceful protesters at the Lekki Togate who have done nothing but sing the national anthem wave their flags and just chant answers. Nothing. There was no form of violence there. They approached these well-meaning individuals and opened fire on them. We saw everything unfold on the G-Switch, 
DJ Switch is the Nigerian um, DJ, a female DJ in Nigeria. We saw everything unfold on her Instagram live. We saw the we saw her trying to pull out a bullet from a man's lap. We saw everything unfold. I couldn't sleep that night. I'm very certain that a lot of Nigerians couldn't sleep as well. It was a sad day. You can check it on Twitter. It's use the hashtag Lekki Massacre. Use the hashtag. Um, well, there are a lot of hashtags basically, but Lekki Massacre, Lekki Tollgate, and you see everything that happened. There was a particular man who was shot holding the Nigerian flag. He was shot holding the Nigerian flag. These people were seated on the floor waving their flags and Nigerian soldiers shot them. This is very sad. I'm sorry. I do not know if there were guns, but what I saw in that video were ammo tanks. The way you shoot, if you if you if you're someone who watches all this um kind of um, movies like um you know these war related movies basically rise and fall of Idi Amin, you know and, and the rest of them, it was an open fire. They were shooting with ammo tanks, not the regular guns. With ammo tanks. We saw these things happen. Now the fact that the government is denying it the Lagos state government said Lagos state governor rather said the following day that there were no casualties whereas these people were being killed calling for help now ambulances and other medical professionals rushed to the scene to help as many people as possible but we saw also a video of them being you know shot out Nigerian soldiers did not allow them to go in to help people. It was just so sad, really. I, I'm trying as much as I can not to, you know, go really sentimental on this, but that was a Black Tuesday. It's a day no Nigerian youth should ever forget. It was a lucky massacre. The president of Nigeria gave a 12-minute address to the nation on, um, what day was that? That that, that doesn't even matter. But the president of Nigeria gave an address and did not mention anything, anything at all on the Lekki massacre. Now, there are also so many people saying that it was fake news that nothing happened at Lekki, that it was photoshopped, that this video was doctored. And I'm asking, how do they doctor? How do they edit a live video? Is it that people do not understand what it means for someone to transmit live? Or is it because we've been hearing live videos, live videos, the president will be addressing in a live video for, you know, there was there was one time during the um, coronavirus period, there was a supposedly live video, which was pre-recorded, of course, Maybe that's what Nigerians think live video is. They do not know what it means to go on live on Instagram. I feel like it's an insult to the intelligence of Nigerians. 
I also feel like it is it's a very unfair thing especially to those who lost their lives trying to speak up just speak up for a better country so we're just saying we don't want to be brutalized by the police anymore we don't want SARS brutality we don't want to be killed by SARS anymore a lot of people have been killed by SARS the most shocking story is that of Chijoke Iloanga I, I will never forget that story um, whose father was made to swim in a river of dead bodies just to try and locate his son I'm trying not to go into that but you can read of the stories of people who have died from SARS brutality and Nigerians just came out to say look we don't want to die anymore we don't want SARS officials to shoot us anymore and they still got shot and killed for speaking up it is really depressing it is very depressing I can imagine what DJ Switch is going through right now watching people die when it's not even it's not a movie this is happening real life I can imagine what she's going through I can imagine the pain I can imagine the trauma I can imagine the nightmares and I thank God for social media I thank God for mobile phones I thank God for smartphones because if not for these smartphones we probably would have been made to believe nothing happened like it okay because there were reports that the dead bodies were being taken into um, vans by these soldiers it was a really traumatic experience for so many nigerian youths who watched the video it was also a very traumatic experience for those who were there did you switch um we're going to go on a very quick music break and when we come back we'll be going we'll be moving forward talking about what to do next what we can do next and we'll be calling this podcast a wrap
welcome back i don't know which one hurts me more the fact that the government is denying all of this that the fact that people say that the videos were doctored the, the images were photoshopped i don't know how people i don't know how they if it's possible to edit a live instagram video unless of course these people don't know what live means but then i'm not surprised because we've had a lot of live pre-recorded messages from the president of the federal republic of nigeria and yeah how would they think we edit a live instagram video i don't know whether that one hurts me or the lekki massacre itself or the fact that we haven't gotten justice several hours after the lekki massacre no one has been brought to book we haven't gotten any answers no investigation unless of course the one that has been done and carried out by our international community i'm very grateful for them because they have joined nigerians in the fight for justice and honestly that's like the only thing giving me hope that's like the only thing giving me hope um i hope nigerians can spring up from this as fast as possible so yes what's next with the nsas protests well i suggest that nigerians protest continue to protest online online no physical protests for now all protests should be done online on twitter on instagram on facebook i also suggest that we continue to be united because apparently there have been so many um attempts there have been so many attempts to divide our um well our course right and the attempts have failed now what they're trying to do now is to bring in tribalism to bring in ethnic groups to say oh the the evils are doing this the fulanis are doing this i'm hearing of an, an, an intertribal war in in fagba the Idru area of lagos state between the fulanis that reside there and the yorubas and i strongly condemn this because it's like it's just a tactic it's just a tactic that is that's being used to divide um the youths the youths are united our voices are strong i I don't know how we did it but the nigerian youths were able to shake the nation the nigerian youths were able to shake the nation yes our voices were heard loud and clear they may ignore it but they heard right and then we cannot at this point afford to be divided we can't afford to be divided we have to stand strong our voices are loud together we have to keep being united we have to come as one one voice one cause um i strongly condemn every form of thuggery hooliganism vandalization of properties i still don't know why i don't know the premise behind it i don't know what these people must have been told to make them go after banks and and and, and shopping shopping malls you know businesses that our brothers and sisters have labored for for years i just really hope that the labor of our fallen heroes will not be in vain i hope that justice is served in due time it might take a while but we'll get there as long as we're united as long as we're one as long as we do not deviate we do not digress from our plan and this is the time for nigerian youths to 
we're, we're the jet age, really. We're the jet age. We cannot be overpowered in this age because we have what they did not have. We have technology and we know how to use it. So um, we have to come together. We have to be more strategic with all of our plans. The protests cannot die. The protests cannot stop. The protests have to continue until there is an end to all forms of police brutality from SARS, from SWAT, from whatever it is they call it, from FSARS, whatever. The protests have to continue until there is an end to police brutality, until there is an end to SARS. I lend my voice, I join my voice with that of my brothers and sisters to end SARS, end police brutality, end bad governance in Nigeria. This has been one of my, no, not one of my, this is my longest podcast. I had to take my time to document everything, right, to ensure that we get what we want finally. Nigeria will rise again. Nigerian youths are the best. Nigerian youths are the most creative. Nigerian youths are the most industrious. We are not lazy. We would come back and would we'll get everything we want. Nigeria is a blessed country. We would definitely heal from all the pain that this past two weeks have brought. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, do well to like, to share, to comment, however way you can support. Your support is welcome. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is like a whole lot of emotions going on in my head right now. Um, my heart goes out to everyone who has lost a loved one during the course of this process from the very first day till now. Um, either from the, from stripless, from thuggery, from whatever, really. My heart goes out to them. My condolences. And I can assure you that no one's death is going to be in vain, like I said earlier. Thank you for listening. They have a lovely, lovely, lovely day ahead. Bye.